You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. Everyone and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Beasley. So, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I, I can't remember, because it's been a little bit, if I um, mentioned this in my last episode, not the last episode, but my last episode. <laughs> I did all of this research specifically, like, like, okay, I did all of the demon research kind of together anyways. Mm-hmm. like, But specifically... Um, and then I later fleshed everything out right. uh, per episode. Um, but this specific one, I, um, <laughs> I have been finished with it since my last demon episode. Um, yeah, because I don't know what the heck I was thinking. I guess I thought I was going to get through stuff a lot faster than like I did. Cause I got really excited. Yeah. Um, I, I like, I, <sighs> I I will say, um, and maybe people who like if if you've seen our notes, you, you maybe can kind of understand this. Um, there there sometimes really is a kind of a disparity between how how many there can be a big disparity between how much you actually have like in notes and how long like an episode can be. It isn't yeah. always just like. A straight one-to-one, like, oh, if you have this many pages, the episode's probably going to be around this long. But I was kind of gently roasting Taylor after her last episode. I was like, Taylor, I love you. But how did you think we were going to get through all that in one episode? Honestly, it was kind of just a hope. Like, because the Devil's episode was two episodes long. Although I definitely could have gone more in-depth and talked about more of the... uh, like pit fiends and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but um, it didn't. And <laughs> yeah, you you kind of just felt neat that, that they would have both be the uh, the it, same. Yeah, and then I got to demons, and oh my god, demons are just so so much more. There's so many demons. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so we're continuing that. I'm going to. Uh, Assume here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, so so last time, last demon episode, we talked about the different types of Tanari. So what were we supposed to get to halfway through that episode? We were just actually supposed to start talking a little bit more about demon demonic society and oh, fantastic, uh, demon lords. Oh, okay. Yeah. So So, that's all this episode's gonna be. So demonic society. Um, in the Western Hemisphere <laughs> and the Northern half of the... No, I'm kidding. Uh, mm. Okay, so... But for, for serious. The one thing I want to point out about demons um, is, I mean, by their chaotic nature, they have very loose representation of society. Uh, I mentioned mm-hmm. this a little bit in the first demon episode, but it's very much... The power rule strictly through power, and if anyone wants to overtake them, no one cares. Yeah, yeah, it's just a strict battle, like yeah, yeah, like a, a fight for power. Someone, yeah, people can like you. You can ignore the rule, but you better make sure that you're powerful enough to survive breaking that rule, or the or that not even that rule, but that order. Mm-hmm. Um, like the that that uh, like convention, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Or even, like, a direct order, mm-hmm. I guess, is more so. It, yeah, it's, yeah, I would imagine that's probably things given more on a case-by-case basis, though, instead yeah. of just, like, you know, um, as, it's illegal to do this. It's more like, hey, do this, and it's like, no, fuck you. Pretty much. Um, as such, the Abyss is kind of in a tumultuous state constantly, with demons scheming, not even behind each other's back, just out in the open and yeah at least the devils are like 
they try to <laughs> they try to pretend like there's some 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 more um smile uh, to your face with a knife behind their back. Exactly, yeah. There's a little more uh there's a nice neat layer on top of it, I guess. Yeah. So demons are kind of obsessed with this idea of corruption and corrupting everything that they can. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, that that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I don't know what word I expected to follow that, but demons are pretty much they've always been embroiled in war with each other and with everyone else. They're the most likely to seek out the conflict. other, yeah, yeah, the conflict because like while like lawful evil and mm-hmm. law, lawful good don't agree on a lot of things, they still follow the law and still mm-hmm. agree on the law. But on the other hand, you have chaotic good and chaotic evil. That, like, yes, they're both chaotic, but the way that they approach chaos is so different. Oh, really? Well, I mean, it, they're the way to describe it is, I guess, chaotic good would be more like free will. Mm-hmm. Chaotic evil is more like entropy. Oh. Yeah. Man, that's a... It's such a it's such a concept. Yes. Entropy. Yeah. I don't I like yep, yep, yep. I I don't know if it's if it's just me, but that's one of those <clears throat> words that really puts a very evocative image in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um and a little bit of you know on that is that the character I played in Pathfinder was a witch in the entropy domain. Mm-hmm. Um and I picked that domain because for some reason, I don't know if they're called domains for witches. You know what I mean? It's a domain. Um but, like, for some reason, that word just, like, makes me think about, like, the universe and shit. Well, yes. And, like, the void. And just, like, it, gi- it gives me, like, primal feelings. And demons actually kind of relate a lot to that because oh. one of the reasons why... Hmm. D- demons relate... Demons and I relate to something similarly. Hmm. Well, more accurately, demons are, in some respects, thought to will bring about the entropy death of the planes. Great. Love I, it. I mean, that sounds like demons, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the biggest things to know about demons and devils is the blood war, which, again, we are leading up to eventually. I have one more group to get through after this. We'll get to it. <laughs> the blood war. Which is, I mean, simply put, the fight between demons and devils. Yep. And that's the one that the uh, Archons don't really want to get involved in. Yes. I remember that from when you were talking about Zariel. What's mm-hmm. her name? Okay. Yeah. Zariel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but it should be noted before I continue on that one of the reasons why the Blood War has lasted forever is because, on the one hand, devils have superior intelligence and tactics but demons just have sheer numbers. There's just so much crawling in the abyss. Yeah, because there's there's probably a lot going on there that the, like, monster manual doesn't know about. And by doesn't know about, I mean, yeah. I feel like there's a lot open to be, like, there, there would be precedent to pull, like, the from the 667th layer of the abyss, there's this crazy thing that's not, that's not in the monster manual. You know, there's precedent for that. Right. Uh, because and also because like demons are basically continuously generated from mortal sin, right? Yes, and among other things. Now, because we have the Lumara that are born of that. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That dead, that dead um, pantheon. Yeah, that that dead shit. Mm-hmm. But you know, devils maybe are a little bit, little bit less in the numbers department. Yes, they're less in a numbers department. Their um, thing is more complicated than just. They're they're smaller in number. Um. But they, like you said, they have better tactics because they're more organized. Right. Because they're lawful. lawful. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. So, we're going to quickly move into the demon lords, but one thing I want to mention before we get there is the concept of true names. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is, is I, that a thing in this? Mm-hmm. I, I oh. feel like that would be something that we would talk about more with, like, the, the fae. So that's what I that's where I'm the concept is that every creature has a true name, Mm -hmm. but it's a hidden name that not even they know. Oh, that explains a lot. Yeah. Huh. That's very strange. Yeah. Um, They can actually be 
found out by accessing uh, a layer of the Nine Hells, Kenya, um, uh, from a being called the Knower of Names. Oh, okay. Yeah, but Very... she, uh, they were limited in telling people by the gods, because the gods are the ones who assign the names. Oh. Yes. Huh. So, what would be the purpose to one of them wanting to find out their hidden name? So, the the true names basically make it possible for creatures who know it to gain power over them. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean... For all fiends, it's kind of this double-edged sword, because if you know your true name, it makes it possible for you to rise up fiendish ranks um, on either side. Basically, I'm pretty sure it just gives you access to more power, but um, on the other hand, it makes it... Oh, if anyone else found out about it... You're it, fucked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because they now have that much more power over you mm-hmm. because they know your true name. Yeah. Well, that's how it is in all, like, the the fae and, like, witchy type. And I'm not talking about in d and I'm talking about in, like, other stuff. Yeah. Like, that kind of media is very much, like... If you know someone's true name, like, you have power over them. Yeah, a name gives you power over a person. Exactly. Yeah. So um, if you go to the fairy realm, don't tell them your name and don't eat their food. Yeah. But in this, the, the idea is you wouldn't know your true name anyways. Yeah. But uh, regardless, for, for fiends, a mortal could use their true name to summon them and bind them to servitude. Ah. <gasps> oh. Yeah. But fiends could also torment their rivals... By dangling the fact that they know their true name in front of them and then, you know, helping dis- helping mortals to discover it. Yeah, essentially like blackmail. Yeah. Um, sometimes when uh, demons and devils change forms, their name would change as well, but that doesn't really... Hmm. Yeah. But that's true names. Uh, with that, I would say that probably everyone that I'm about to describe probably knows their true name, which I don't know if these are their true names, but... Here we go. Hmm. Okay. How, you know, I, I wonder, what if, okay, what kind of a power move would it be if, like, a demon lord knew their true name, and that's how they referred to themselves and had other people address them as, but everyone had the mindset like you did. Oh. Like, oh, I don't know if these are their true names or if they would keep that secret. So nobody actually knew their true name because they assumed that the name that they used, they're like, they wouldn't use that as their true name. No one's that stupid. Yeah, so it's like, even if they're speaking it, they're not speaking it with the knowledge that that's their true name. Hmm. So maybe it wouldn't work. Maybe Maybe that's a technicality. So you said that the people or the place that they have to go to get their true name. Is in the Nine Hells. Yes. They were, they're like told not to give it. Did it describe how they would like bargain to get their name? It, it said that they're, that, um, they're limited. Um, or, sorry, she. <laughs> sorry. Uh, she we, is limited. We've had, um, we've had five people come and seek their true names this year. So you're going to have to wait, um, take a number and we might see you in the next like 3000 years. <laughs> Basically, she's limited, so she only she's limited by the gods, but I, it doesn't delve into how she's limited. So she'll only give people their true names for hefty sums of gold. Okay. Mood. Like I had a feeling there was some way, like mm-hmm. some sort of bargaining system there, whether it be gold or souls or yeah, something incredibly. She claimed that the price was set by the gods, and she had no control over what the price was, <laughs> though it was usually an enormous amount. I feel like she's a liar. She might be. <laughs> That's uh, funny. I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyways, so demon lords are all the higher tier of demon kind. Being chaotic in nature, that's not really a hierarchy. Um, instead, a demon lord is a demon who rules over at least one layer of the abyss. That's gotcha. it. They don't necessarily have to be the most powerful. They could just be the only one that lives there. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, you I know mean, what? You, you know, you get it how you can. That 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 works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from there, the demon lords only bow to the strongest of them, so the prince of demons. Demogorgon. Uh, Demogorgon, yeah. yeah. Demons as a whole really only listen to others when it benefits them, or the other demon is stronger. I mean... There's constant fair. infighting, as I mentioned. Uh, most demon lords were Tanari, as with most of demons, though a few remaining Oberth demon lords still existed. 
Yeah, I would imagine that some of them are just too powerful. It is a combination of probably a lot of factors. I'll, yeah, I'll actually get to that here in a minute. Okay. Um, the most notable of which is the Queen of Chaos and Abok Sob, the original Prince of Demons that she deposed. Yeah. Uh, oh, he he's still off somewhere. Both are likely left alone because they are simply one too weak for to do anything. For the time being, uh, there's also probably some amount of fear as well that they're like that they're not actually weak currently that they're just preparing. Yeah. Um. And it's Which, no, I I think I I think I get yeah I I get the 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 vibe. Yeah. Um. And I, <laughs> I would this is this is conjecture, but I would also imagine that some um demons are just kind of like looking upon them and their sad little layers. Yeah. Uh, and they're just like, stop it, he's already dead. <laughs> like, they've... He's they've, had enough, man. They've, like, they've been through enough. Let's just leave him alone. Who even cares? Like, like they're not relevant, I guess, is kind of the vibe that I, I would think that maybe some demons would feel. No, for sure, yeah. Is that, that some of these... Um, Maybe especially like some of the Oberiths that most of their kind had been slaughtered and deposed and all that. But some of them, maybe they just think they're not relevant anymore. Exactly. And like, they're more focused on like... Other stuff. Yeah. Things that are much more pressing. Demons are very much a um, deal with this first. Yeah. And like, it's the abyss. There's a lot going on. Constantly. Yeah. Constantly. Including constant fighting. Turns out. Yay! Um, so there's also Dagon, who was named, uh, also named the Prince of the Depths. He's this eel octopus fish thing. Uh, uh, okay. Oh. Hmm. Um, and he occupies an otherwise non occupiable layer of the abyss, the Shadow Sea, which is layer 89. He's almost certainly left alone because he's one, simply too powerful, rivaling even Demogorgon's strength, and two, he just is deep in the abyss. Like, he he lives in, like, it's called the Shadow Sea. I yeah. would imagine it's not very... Right, and it's 89 levels down. Yeah. To get there in the first place yeah, is well, a struggle. Yeah, and also, like, that's funny, um, like, his, his, his form, though, because you said Dagon, and I was like, obligatory oblivion joke. Yeah. But, uh, no, he is not a big red guy. He is... An eel octopus fish thing. Cool. You know, I think I prefer the latter, personally. <laughs> An eel octopus fish thing? Yeah. Yeah. I love eels and octopi and fish. He he does look really interesting. Very, uh, very, what's the word I'm looking for? Eldritch. So, I love that eldritch shit. Yeah. <laughs> Next is uh, Pazuzu. Hey! Known as the Dark Angel of the Four Winds. Hey! Nice. Uh, Pazuzu. I loved you in The Exorcist, man. <laughs> Pazuzu was described as being tall and well-proportioned with unmistakably demonic features, such as avian feet, four wings that both smoked and gleamed with oil, and most notably, a feral bird's beak on an otherwise handsome face. Uh, mm, uh okay. Whoa. Sure. All right. Fine. I've seen, like, you know, that makes sense. I've seen some, like, handsome air kokra. I mean, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll accept it. Just the combination of all those things does not initially put the thought of handsome into my mind. See, it puts the thought of handsome into my mind, so I, I don't know what that says about us. I'm probably just the odd one here, actually. Yeah, yeah, sure. no, I think you are. Um, <laughs> so, Pazuzu's home was actually the first layer of the abyss. Oh, it's called Pazunia. also known as <laughs> yeah. the Plane of Infinite Portals or the Palace of One Thousand and One Closets. One thousand and one closets. That's a <laughs> so many for you to come out of. <laughs> oh my oh God. congrats! We've discovered my origin story, <laughs> Taylor. Now, just to find out what's yes. in the other nine hundred ninety-nine. Uh, uh, <laughs> also, he, did he name the plane after himself? I hope he did. It. Didn't mention, but I think so. I, I think either I, he did or someone else. Someone, did. someone. Did, I hope he did. He I hope he was did. like, "Hey, it's this is mine. my plane." Also, um, <laughs> that's just like big um, Julius Caesar creating the month of July for himself. Oh, vibes. Yeah. Pazuzu is just like, "This is my plane. I'm going to call it Pazunia 
Fucking Julius Caesar. And all of the yes-men demons that are afraid of him are like, that sounds great, my lord. Because <laughs> they don't want to get exercised. Yeah. Or eaten or whatever it is. Or whatever else he does. He wishes to do. Pretty much. Um, this so, is hilarious. <laughs> Pizunia was this, like, layer that's, like, this barren wasteland and relentless red sun. But the thousand portals and the 1001 closets is actually because there were portals and all of these dark pits uh, that connected you to various layers in the abyss. Oh. But uh, also to Styx, the river. Ah. Uh, yeah, which oh. connected to both Pandemonium and Hades in different areas. Oh, shit. Nice. Yeah. Damn. Hmm. I like it. I was kind of thinking that maybe the portals were just to, like... Other places. Other places, in the, not... In the, the realms. I mean, also, that too, but also... Particularly to different places in the abyss and all that. Yeah, he's kind of hot. Um, also, that's... I, I guess the visual I had it... Not, not exactly. Not so much as, like, the Nine Hells. But I think what I thought in my head was that the abyss... Which I don't know why I thought this. It was naive of me. Would just be, like, a straight shot down. No. And less, like, a shoots and ladders game. Yeah, no. Oh, God. <laughs> It is definitely more like a sh- shoots and ladders game. Anyways, uh, Pazuzu, he loved corrupting the innocent, lawful, and mortals. Oh. He actually has many claims of fame, including influencing the original gods that helped create the Abyss in that first story about the... Oh, yeah, angry, the... Uh, mad god. Mm-hmm. And he claims to be the one to have corrupted Asmodeus. Oh. Yeah. Claims to be. Claims to be. Yeah. I feel like that specifically saying claims to be opens a lot of interesting. Uh, yeah. So where As, where does he live now? The first layer. It is the first layer still? Yeah. Okay, I was expecting him to like, this was named after me, but now I'm going to go to this other layer. No, he, he still lives on the first layer. Oh, okay. And honestly, he's probably that too powerful. And also, I mean... <laughs> It's just the it's the first layer. No one wants to live there. The only thing that's there is the fucking sky and a, a wasteland, s- a sun, and a shitty desert and a bunch of portals. Who cares about a bunch of portals? Yeah. The last of the Overworld Lords that I'm going to talk about is called Pale Knight, who is also called the Mother of Demons. Ooh. Uh, she appeared as a shimmer of light, a white sheet blowing in the wind against the contours of a comely feminine form. Upon closer inspection, her appearance was maddening and would result in death. Oh, oh wonderful. Well, that took a turn. Yeah. Uh, she did create a number of demons, possibly, including possibly Grazd. Oh, yeah. Grazd. Uh, Grazd. Uh, she ruled over the 471st layer uh, called Anderlin, which was, okay, this is a lot. It was created as a nightmare trap for an entire generation of Eladin children that were doomed to live there for eternity as cruel torture. <laughs> because Pale Knight um, is convinced a, a like celestial 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 Eladrin uh, to make a pact, and oh, that God. was her. What she got out of it. God, demons Damn. demons and their fucking pact. Yeah. Also, that just, like, this sucks. <laughs> but... Because it's, it's not like a power grab thing. It's like, hey, I'll do this thing for you if you let me torture this entire generation of children. <laughs> like, you don't get anything out of that except for your own sick enjoyment. So Sorry. they don't age or anything? They don't die? But, of course they don't. Because then uh, the torture would stop. <laughs> Eladrin actually, like, non-Eladrin, not, not the group of children actually made a um i guess a not a rescue mission because they can't like go there go there but they go there and they guard the children now and so the it's angelin is now like it's not a good place to be but like they're it's not an unhappy place it is at least a little better yeah it's like a like a, a purgatory type yeah <laughs> so uh, it's definitely not good but so, Pale Knight, she actually lived on Baphomet's lair in the Bone Castle. Oh, yeah. great. More on that later. Oh, okay. There's more to that. So, one of the many, many, many Tanari demon lords, Demogorgon, is one of the most well-known. The two-headed beast was constantly at war with himself, as his heads actually had different personalities and names. Oh, he's like a doduo. I love Wait. it. Wait. <laughs> hmm. And different I, names? Like yeah, different true hold names? Hold on, I saw 
I thought I had written them down, but I suppose I didn't. Give me just a moment. Um, his left head was called Amiel, and his right was called Hethrodia. Hethrodia. Huh. Hethrodia. Is it Amion? Uh, um, Amiel. Amiel. Um, it's spelled like Samuel, but with a with two. Oh, I, I found it on the Amiel. That's a, yeah. I was gonna say that sounds like an angel name. Yeah. Actually, uh, those b- both, both do sound like angel names. Um, the two heads, like I said, constantly were warring. Um, Emil is more of this charismatic and calculating type who relished in deception and wanted to be free of the other half. Hethrodia <laughs> loved destruction and did not wish to be separated. Oh, that's huh. That's interesting. Yeah, but they both thought that they would do a better job being in charge. Naturally, yeah. yeah. That's you know. Dang, there's a there's a lot there's a lot going on there. There um, is a lot going on there. It it said that if they could if the two heads could actually unite, all the planes would be doomed. Oh, oh, that's that's fucking delicious. Yeah. Well, it's maybe they should go to maybe they should go to happened. family therapy. No, no, because then all the planes would be doomed. Uh, he rules the 80th layer of the abyss, the gaping maw. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. I love the word gaping. <laughs> the gaping maw. Uh, next up is Orcus. Uh, he was that guy. <laughs> he was the demon lord of the undead. Yeah. Orcus was typically described as having the head and legs of a goat, although with ram-like horns and a bloated body with bat-like wings and a long tail. He's a little bitch. Honestly, his art ranges from, like, weirdly sexualized posed dad bods to just a fat Baylor. Huh. He's also a little bitch. Which, he is also a little bitch. Which one do you go with? Um, dad bod or fat Baylor? I... Whoa! Uh, see? <laughs> oh my goodness! Like, weirdly sexualized. Uh, oh. That's, that's like some, like, sexy demon queen poses that he's got going on. You know what? You know what? Pro- props to that artist. Uh, genuinely, yes. <laughs> for, for, for being like, I'm gonna... <laughs> oh my god, what? Wow. Oh, oh, this is some, like, like, ugh. That's hilarious. Okay, I'm sorry. You're fine. Um, Orcus really only cared about himself and spreading misery. He has routinely fought to gain power just to lose it to his own laziness. <laughs> Damn. Oh, no. Laziness gets the better. Yeah. Thing, I, yeah, because I believe Orcus was the, um, he was over the portfolio of the dead for part of the time of Troubles before Kalimvor took over. Right. I believe Ka- he was the the one that lost it to Kalimvor. Um, or it might have been one of the other gods of the dead. Because there's, there's been so uh, many. I, I know that at one point, um, uh, I don't remember, or, well, I do remember. I don't know if you guys remember the dra- the drow goddess, uh, Hiaran Sely, the, um, the lich uh, drow goddess of the yeah, dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. She took over Orcus's domain and his lair of the abyss. Um, and wiped him from history at one point. Oh. Uh. Damn. Yeah. That. Mm. Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah. He ended up being resurrected and. Yeah. yeah. And if, if I remember correctly, um, his, especially his, like, cults were at odds with the cults of both Vecna and Aseric, if I remember Constantly. correctly. Yeah. yeah. So he just has a bad time with liches, I guess. Which is hilarious because he's the. You'd think that he would have some... Yeah. And he has been the god of the undead before. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so... Uh, next... You'd think there'd be some rapport there. But I guess not, not for evil people. No. The rapport doesn't exist. Mm-mm. Next up is Grazd. Uh, Grazd. The demon... Or, sorry, the dark prince. Uh, he's this dark, handsome, humanoid Tanari of mysterious origin. He is, like, the most human-looking of all the Tanari. He yeah, he up just looks like a dude. Uh, he looks like um a dude. Oh, what were the uh, Darth Maul and Savage Press? Um, oh, um, I know it. Zabrak. Yeah, he looks like a Zabrak, except yeah. like all just like solid black instead of with the the colorful and the facial markings. He looks like a Zabrak with the the way. Yeah, yeah, he's. 
I mean, I mean, he's pretty sexy. He he he's a little sexy. He his he's got like really black, like dark black skin that's like obsidian, mm-hmm. and his his eyes are like this uh green glittering green, and he's got pointed ears. Like he legit, kind of looks like a cross between a drown and a brack. Uh, hmm. Homebrew people, do your thing. <laughs> I mean, sounds pretty cool. Um, I mean, for. So one of her demon. demon. One origin, as mentioned earlier, claims that he is a child of the Pale Knight, fathered by Asmodeus or some other horrific mo- monster. I really like the idea that he was fathered by Pale Knight and Asmodeus. <laughs> they have a lot of interesting rumors about Asmodeus in the abyss. They do. <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder if these are actually like real, founded. In any in, in any, any sort of like way, because yeah. there's so many of them, and mm-hmm. it's like almost always there's a weird rumor. Asmodeus did it. Yeah, you know it. Is it bad that these descriptions of these people are starting to make me think of Asmodeus as kind of a square? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well here's the thing. Um, no matter what, Grass has something to do with Asmodeus because another claims that he was a general of Asmodeus. Uh, who was corrupted by the abyss. Hmm. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, regardless, he dresses extravagantly and is a being of constant hedonism. <laughs> yeah, he looks like constant a hedonist. Constant hedonism. Yep. Uh, he has a not insignificant number of children who are all, you know, Cambian or... Whatever. Uh, whatever the... Half-fiend. Whatever. Tiefling. Yeah. Whatever the thing is whatever. at that point. Uh, he rules the 45th, 46th, and 47th players of the Abyss called the Triple Realm of Azagrat. Huh. Interesting. You know, I think it's kind of fun um, and a little um, little subversive, maybe, that they had this demon lord with this intense uh, emphasis on, like, hedonism. And they made him, like, a sexy dude. Yeah, no, either, I, I agree. I like it a lot. I would say either as, like... A sexy lady or, like, a stereotypical gross-looking kind of dude. Yeah. If that makes sense. And he's the only one so far that rules over multiple, multiple layers? that we've heard? Yeah, it's a triple realm. Um, <laughs> I will mention that, like, there is more, like, okay, so, like, I will say that of the ones that I've talked about up to this point, because of... I- I've mostly been talking about the big players for the most part. Mm-hmm. They kind of rule more sections, but I'm talking about the major ones. And the 45th, 46th, and 47th layers, as Azagrat, are all kind of one unified realm. So that's why I went ahead and mentioned them. They're more closely okay. tied together than maybe yeah. other layers. Like, for instance, um, at various points, uh, Orcus has ruled multiple layers. Occasionally, the uh, 113th layer of the Abyss, the... 333rd layer of the abyss. Nice. I and also I would imagine that the abyss is probably not a straight down tube where everything is the same size. So I would imagine that some maybe like and maybe those three realms that are are not only tied together, but maybe they would be a little smaller than some of the other ones. Right. Yeah. And also just because it's like big doesn't mean it's you know. Doesn't mean that there's anything really interesting or good that goes on there. Yeah, I mean, they're ki- it's kind of a uh, like it's the abyss. There, yeah. <laughs> Who knows what's going on down there? A lot well, of apparently stuff. you do, but yeah. So next we have uh, Baphomet, who rules the 600th layer of the abyss called the Endless Maze. Ooh, yeah. That very uh, gives me a headache just thinking about the a labyrinth feel. Is there a Minotaur in there? He was known as the Prince of Beasts and the Demon Lord of Minotaurs. Yeah. <laughs> what? I the did. Hell. I did it. You did it. I figured it out because I read a myth one time. <laughs> I did it. Good job. Yay! Good you job. did good. Uh, he was twelve feet tall. Oh. With a bull's head, a bovine tail, and broad, stubby hands and feet. Hmm. Yeah. His body was covered with coarse black hair. His horns curved downward and outward. He wielded a giant bardiche. Dude, I love those things. I don't know what that is. It's, uh, I think it's technically classified as a polearm. But it kind of looks like a cleaver attached to a polearm. Yeah, and it's, like, blade is probably about, like, three or four feet, like, long. Oh, it's ridiculous. Like, it's beautiful, though. Um, 
Hmm. I don't think I like this depiction of him so much. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> no, nobody asked. Nitpick. You you probably more like his um his creations. The uh, oh, what were they called again? Oh yeah. Oh, the the, the be- bells, be- bulazars. Yeah. yeah, uh I just imagine him being like smaller and more compact. More just like a a, 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 a traditional depiction of a, Baphomet. Yeah, very traditional depiction. <laughs> Protect maternity, embrace tradition. <laughs> tradition being Shin Megami Tensei Baphomet. <laughs> I like a small, svelte, sexy goat man, not a big one. <laughs> <laughs> so Baphomet dwelt in his palace, the Lictian, 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 and spent his time in his tower of science, uh, creating new demonic types: the Gorostroi, the Bulazus, I don't know, and the Gors. I don't even remember how I pronounced it in the last episode. If I'm being totally honest, <laughs> I mean, welcome to you know D and D, where words are incredibly hard to pronounce. <laughs> Everything's made up, and pronunciation doesn't matter. Yep, exactly. Um, so holy shit, the Tower of Science, science, love science. Ba- uh, it should be noted that Baphomet in the the mother of demons, Pale Knight. Mm-hmm. They did not like the fact that they occupied the, the the same layer. Even though Baphomet was in charge, she had her castle there, and Baphomet did not like it. He tolerated it sometimes. <laughs> he just like looks out over his science balcony and is like looking at her palace, and he's like, <sighs> "I will say, I love the fact that Baphomet is such a like a science demon." Well, yeah, and it's funny because he's like these this big buff minotaur looking guy with this gigantic weapon, but he's also like a scientist. What a fucking loser! Oh yeah, like he. And the thing is, is like you would totally think of him as this like bestial monstrosity that like tore through yeah everyone else to get where he is, but he uses so much science to create these things. Science, science. Then do it for him. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who doesn't love science? Yeah. So next up is Yinagu, who was a demon lord and chief being worshipped by gnolls. <laughs> he had oh. he appeared as a giant and even more disturbing gnoll. <laughs> uh, oh, he's, that oh, he's even cool be though. Possible, but oh, I feel like he's on a he's on a, a book. I think I think he's on a fourth edition book. Probably. Um, Yinagu's desires were, and this is a quote. Savage in nature, and he wanted slaughter and destruction above all else. Great. He took great pleasure in inflicting terror and sorrow before his victims' deaths, oh. destroying treasured possessions and crushing their hopes. He Damn. despised civilization, and if he were to conquer other realms, abyssal or otherwise, he would not attempt to rebuild their former structures. Great. Hmm. Uh, to the beast of butchery, the gnolls were both his instruments and children, the, as he saw fit. The beast of butchery. That's yes. a name. I and it, love it. That's a name and yeah, a half. It, it is capitalized. It is a title. I need to, like, remember that and use that later. The beast of butchery? Yes. Okay. Is Luckily that, for you, I have my notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, he sought to use uh, the gnolls to bring his ideal world to fruition. And that just being... Yeah, just utter chaos. Um, He ruled the 422nd layer, the Death Dells. So close. Death Dells. So So close. close. (laughs) You said 420 and I was ready. I was so ready. Nope, Uh, not quite. Damn it. So, um, this is the last of the the major players uh, who are actually... They're actually called the Demon Princes. Um, there are some former Demon Princes who I will mention at the end, but... These are the current... These are the current ones. Big, big ones. So, the, this one is named Jubilex. And Jubilex was a demon lord of oozes and shapeless things. Yes. Oozes and shapeless things? Um, with oh, it, with yes. it. He was almost glorious in its unrivaled obscenity. Uh, he was ridiculed by peers... As Lord of Nothing, the Faceless Lord, and even to them, a, he was a demon as revoltingly vile, and a body as it was inscrutably aberrant in mind. Sorry, that that a lot of that was quotes, 
and it's kind of difficult to read it all together. And boy, oh boy, is that one ugly son of a bitch. He had a shapeless form made up of a primordial soup of bubbling bile. A hideous mixture of hues, primarily streaks of black and green combined with bile of brown and yellow and some translucent grays. He ruled layer 222. Nice. Shadalka, also known as the Slime Pits. Nice. The, yeah, okay. The realm was a bubbling, fetid swamp covered with oozes, molds, and slimes that formed strange organic shapes under a mud-brown sky overcast with green clouds from which torrential rains of filth fell every few hours. Ooh. Hmm. Um, he shared this lair with Zugdmoy, albeit unwillingly. And I'm willing to bet Zuckmoy was also of the same mind. Well, I'll tell you about it. Oh. After we come back from Marat. Oh my god. I I I opened that one. Yeah. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. Um this outbreak's gonna be a little bit different than usual. Um without delving too far into it, one of us had to go make a completely unavoidable trip out into the danger zone basically and uh because i am high risk i take a i have to take a lot more extra steps to keep myself safe so i am the only one currently here right now recording this um so we won't actually be able to have a recording up next week i'm actually a little unsure of when we'll be able to recorded another episode we're gonna let you guys know as soon as we we know basically just because the next couple of weeks are kind of filled with some of those emergency have to do this unavoidable but dangerous uh activities anyway let's just jump right in i'll keep this short and sweet we still have our affiliate partnership with metallic dice games you can use offer code dungeonpedia for 10 percent off your entire order that's at metallicdicegames.com and in support of our partnership with Metallic Dice Gaming, sorry, Metallic Dice Games, we are still doing our giveaway, which ends on the 1st of September. You can check that out on our Twitter page at Dungeonpedia. As I mentioned before, our Twitter and Instagram are both at Dungeonpedia. If you still want to support us like more directly, we have our Patreon. It's also dun- just Dungeonpedia. Um, you can email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com for any suggestions, questions, concerns. Just want to talk. We're open to all of that. We've made some amazing friends through this that we wouldn't have known otherwise if they hadn't like just reached out to talk to us. And it, it's great. Uh, subscribe wherever you listen to any podcast to get notifications of our podcast. For new episodes. Uh, you can also rate us and review us on some of those, and we would really appreciate it. And most importantly, we say this every week, spread the word. That is almost certainly how we have amassed just even the following that we have right now, which is still unbelievable. A big thank you to Alexander Nakarada for our theme song, Blacksmith. And on a final note, everyone just stay safe out there. Do, do your best to... Uh, Take care of yourselves and take care of your loved ones. And with that, let's get back to the podcast. Okay. Zugdemoy? Right. <laughs> yeah, who was who the other uh, resident of the shit pits? So, Zugdemoy was the demon queen of fungi. Ooh. The lady of rotten decay. Ooh. Uh, she appeared like from the waist up as a humanoid woman composed of thick sheets and coils of fungus that appear to have grown into the shape of what would otherwise be an attractive woman. Um, she... Mm, mm-hmm. She has like these four fibrous antlers of fungi that uh, grow from her brow, and her hands have talons because, of course, they do. Her lower torso is actually a coiling pillar of lashing, ropey tentacles and other fungal growths. Oh, so that's what that is. Yeah, I was looking at it like, okay, I know she's. I was still me, okay. But, um, I was still scrolling to try to find a link to be a link because I had no idea how to spell that. And whoa, yeah. And uh, Taylor said the word tentacles, and my eyebrows went to my hairline <laughs> at this at this whole description. So, um, just what? have to interrupt this real quick. 
I believe this is a mini that somebody made and painted of her. And, it is. Oh um, my actually, God. I have wow. seen it. Um, it oh, is shit. an official, um, not mini. It's a bust or like a full on statue. Oh, shit. That uh, Wizards of the Coast uh, had commissioned. It's beautiful. Um, it yeah, is. I'd, I'd let her corrupt me. And I've seen many versions of it that I want to buy, for the record. I am unsurprised. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, her skin is like this red and black color with maddening swirls of grays, blues, and purples. All the color of fungi in nature. Um, her only desire was to infect living creatures with her spores, making them her mindless slaves, and eventually into rotting and decomposing hosts for mushrooms, molds, and the spores that she spawned. Where do I sign up? <laughs> I will mention that Zugtamoy has a history of trying to enthrall druids, clerics, and myconids to help her realize her dream of dom- domination of fungi. <laughs> Which she did, in fact, get a hold of some of the myconoids anyway. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. There's actually a little story there, but unfortunately I don't have time to delve into it. And I would imagine myconids are some of those that, like, if you get control of one, you can probably yeah. get, like, a whole circle or a whole, like, colony of them, probably. Because they're so interconnected with each other. Yeah. Zugdemoy's palace on Shadalka, I nailed it the first time, Shadalka, um, consisted of dozens of gigantic yellow and brown mushrooms connected by bridges of shell fungi and surrounded by poisonous vapors and acidic puffballs. Okay, okay so but it, like, dream. It sounded Home. really fucking cool and great until those last little bits. I, I don't know. I, I think mean, it's so cool. If you're if you're like immune to the toxins, it's yeah. fine. Well, I mean that's fair. I Which I mean, like if you're a mindless cordyceps slave, you probably won't die from like spores. Yeah, but yeah. I would like to visit there without being a mindless slave. Why? Why not? <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> Raz Urblu is next, and he was called the Demon Prince of Deception. So he is technically a prince. A demon prince, but I put him down here because there isn't much information about him. Um, He specialized in liars and illusions, uh, and he controls the 176-layer layer called the Hollow Heart. Uh, Frazer Blue had a gargoyle-like form with, like, pointed ears. He legit just looks like a giant gargoyle. I mean, he does. Um, Yeah, he's um, like a thick gargoyle. Muscly frame and great ebony wings and a long tail, and he he was covered in pale blue hair and gray skin. Um, I don't have very much about him except for this song from the Demonomicon, which I'm not going to sing. I'm going to say like a poem. <laughs> um, he comes in the winter, compassion and trust. He dances in spring with your love and your lust. He calls in the summer and you serve and serve him you must. He withers in autumn. You save him from dust. Your father, your mother, your lover, your child, his son, his daughter, his minion beguiled. And now that you've offered your life and your soul, he'll draw you to ruin and swallow you whole. Jesus. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. I like it. Okay. And this is the... Vor joke. Moving on. So, I, I'm going to try and pronounce this. Um, cottage cheese? Cottage cheese? Cottage cheese? No. Cottage cheese. Uh, he was known as the Prince of Wrath, Ooh. another demon lord prince, um, Chachki. and a patron of frost giants and rage. He established himself as a deity to frost giants, though, un- though surprisingly did not earn the ire of their other actual deity. <laughs> uh, so Chachki was born as a mortal man, but one who was severely deformed. He was spurned by the tribes and by women, and he was driven to anger and rage. He turned to brutal murder, slaying every woman who ever mocked him and crushing the skull of his former tribe's chieftain with his bare hands. Huh. Uh, He was then discovered and taught by a witch, the Baba Yaga. What? (laughs) The Baba Yaga's here now? To make himself powerful and immortal. Uh, when he was eventually killed, his soul was recreated into a powerful demonic being immediately. Wow. <laughs> because he had that much wrath and rage. Uh, uh, he he controls layer 23, the Iron Wastes. Huh. What happened to being immortal? That um, <laughs> It's kind of a long story. Yeah, no, that, I, I, I figured it's fine. There's a, there's a lot going on in that story there. Yeah. There is a lot going on in that story, and good lord. So, um, 
Eltab. Yeah, that's uh, his name. Uh, Eltab. Eltab was known as the Lord of the Hidden Lair. Yo, I like him. He was a 15-foot-tall humanoid with the head of a canine-like creature. Uh, His head sprouted numerous antlers and horns, and his body was covered in bony, dark red plates. He had slitted yellow glowing eyes, and he ruled layer 248 of the abyss, which was known as the Hidden Layer. Yeah. Cool. The Hidden Layer. Not so hidden, but hey. So, next up is Abraxas, who was a demon lord called the Unfathomable. Uh, he busied himself finding out about magic, basically. Discovering magic words and spells and unearthing lost arcane secrets. And his lair of the abyss was the 17th, known as Death's Reward. Death's Reward? Yes. Hmm. He's very serpent-like. So, next up is Aldenach, also known as the Lady of Change, and she was a lesser demon lord. She reigned over a part of the lair of Pazunia in the abyss and was concerned with matters of transformation. She appeared as a humanoid woman with... A lithe build wearing an alabaster mask to hide her true monstrous visage. Uh, she had polished mahogany wood skin, long fingers tipped with needles. The Lady of Change subjected her patients to vile experiments that warped them physically immensely and enslaved them and enslaved them to her will. Uh, twisted mockeries of their former selves, they would they became kind of half fiends, though they fought their new natures and suffered. Crippling remorse, they soon succumbed to deceitfulness and rage and became chaotic evil. Hmm. Huh. So I will say that one of the depictions I found, which I realize this is probably not a legitimate one, it she looks like a scorpion. Yeah, that's um, what I'm seeing. Which see. is weird, but I suppose if she is like the Lady of Change. I can't remember what edition I was actually able to find official art from. Um, give me one minute. I will mention that she is named after an obscure Egyptian demon, so that's probably where the scorpion stuff comes from. Ah. Uh, she was, uh, her, her art in the Fiendish Codex um, was a little different than oh, gotcha. the art that's on Google. So if you want to look there later, you can, absolutely can. But I mean, also, you know. Yeah. Scorpion. Yeah. Scorpion lady. Okay. Um, so next up is Alvarez, who was a demon lord who constantly searched for the taint of law among demons. He was a master of torture who would brutalize his own troops, and even other demons feared his creative methods of torture. Jeez. He had deep-seated loathing of anything lawful and was well known for his excessive cruelty lack and lack of mercy, even for a tonari. Um, hmm. Yeah. Again, I say this every time about something, but when they're pointing out that trait in a demon, yeah, you know it's extreme. You know it's bad. So, Dwyrgis was, was a truly ancient demon lord, at least as old as P- Pale Knight, but for some reason, he's down here as Tonari. I don't think he actually was a Tonari because they said that. I think that he just got so shuffled around in the mess. He's probably one of those ones who hid his true nature. So he held dominion over shaping of demon races and was known as a flesh shaper. Uh, was, was once a tutor of Baphomet. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Dragus's realm was known as Flesh Forges and was the 558th layer of the abyss. That's so gross. Flesh Forges? Oh, man. The just the imagery that that puts together is correct. Ugh. Like a uh, like a Jabu Jabu. Sorry, belly. as a as a DM, that just made me happy because like that whole sequence of like describing that would be insane. <laughs> yes. So next up we have Lupercio, or Lupercio. Is it a the, wolf? Uh, the Baron of Sloth, and was one of many children of Pale Knight. He was a slug-like monster who dwelled in the 128th layer of the abyss, although he did not rule it due to his long periods of inactivity. Same. Uh, next up is Malkanthet, and she was a demon lord who was also called the Queen of Succubi. Nice. The Succubus Queen's realm was the 570th layer of the abyss, also known as Shind- Shindil- Shindilavri. 
Uh, once a disgusting layer of heaving and shuddering flesh. There's <laughs> uh, yeah. a lot of flesh. Yeah. It, it is notably very close to the flesh forges in number 558 to 570th. Um, oh, that's the flesh area. That's the flesh area. The flesh zone. <laughs> oh, no, God. Transformed it into a verdant paradise. Title of this episode. Um, but ultimately, it was a paradise only for Malcolm Thet herself. Uh, Malcolm Thet was described as a as an incredibly beautiful human-like female with bat wings, horns, and a long prehensile tail to help, tipped with a spike-like stinger. Yes. Um, Malcolm Thet was among the first of the succubi to come to the into the abyss. Uh, she obtained her current title after years of waging wars and committing savage betrayals upon her fellow sister succubi and former paramours. <laughs> I mean, she's a demon, so like, yeah. yeah. I mean, but but also like you know, it's bad when they mention it. Well, something just something about that feels loaded. Yeah. Savage also, betrayal. yeah. and thought. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I didn't know how to put that in there organically, so I was just gonna say it. As a result of her ruthless climb to the top, she had cultivated a long list of enemies, which included Grazd, Yinagu, and Baphomet. Uh, she had few allies, including the. Uh, demon prince, the prince of demons, Demogorgon, with whom she birthed the monstrous Arendagrost, uh, Pazuzu, with whom she mothered the, su- the succubus Red Shroud, and her con- her consort Mastafal, the hunting sovereign, and Sakothbanoth, Sakothbanoth, a demon lord concerned with sexual taboos and perversions. Ooh, sounds like the perfect thing to be. Like, Suck. lined with a succubus. Yeah. Ublave, also called the Angel of Everlasting Void, the Ooh. Demon Monarch of the Barrens, and the Queen of Desolation, uh, was a powerful demon who prowled the empty wastelands of the Abyss, lurked within abandoned structures, and hunted the voids between the plains and other worlds. Ublave's head was that of a luminous fae crowned with horns. Her body resembled an Insectoid, a humanoid insect, um, complete with sharpened armor plating and a sinu- sinuous tail that terminated in a deadly stinger. There's a lot of stingers. Yeah. On, on tails. Um, oh, here's the best part. Ublave's long, ghoulish tongue was used to lap up the blood of her victims. God. Long, ghoulish tongue. Oh, no. Ublave was lord of the 100th layer of the abyss. Simply known as the Barons. And Gene Simmons. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Grixali, oh. the Queen of Shadows, is the demon princess daughter of Pale Knight. Ooh. Grixali's uh, rule extended over shadow demons. Unlike her contemporaries, Grixali was content to rule Shadon, which is her lair, um, without the desire to acquire a larger realm. Uh, personal power in the form of information and secrets was the only thing Rixali coveted. Nice. Uh, to this end, Rixali created a vast library of secrets run by her lieutenant, Virktooth, a Marilith sorcerer. The library's contents were so disorganized and chaotic that only Vicar Ruth could find anything of relevance. Virtually all demon lords called Rixali an ally and sent envoys to deal in secrets. Hmm. That's, that's fun. That's very, um... Like, like, it feels like everyone has to be her ally because she has dirt on everybody. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, her true form was that of a tall humanoid woman with jet black skin, although she regularly appealed, appeared in an incorporeal shadow form. Kind of like her mom. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, she didn't show any interest in obtaining mortal worshippers or anything like that. Um, she just... Like secrets. Yeah. And she, <laughs> she didn't just... actually ask much of her minions, except that they watch and report back what they learn as they roamed freely throughout the abyss. Is she hiring? Right? Probably. <laughs> like, she, she sounds so chill in comparison to all these other demons. Um, if you got secrets, then yes. I don't. <laughs> uh, well, then fuck you. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Sesenek was a Tanari lord worshipped by the lizard folk as a deity of civilization and dominion. Ooh. Uh, Sesenek took the form of this six-armed lizard king with vestigial brown wings. Oh, cool. He dwelt in the seventh layer of the abyss called the Kurakinin, or the Phantom Plane. 
Ooh. Furthermore, Sesenek sealed and locked the lair so it could not be accessed without his express permission. Hmm. Damn. It said that he did this because he was tired of the blood war and went into self-imposed exile, wanting nothing to do with the politics of it anymore. You know what? Good for him. I agree. Good for him. I was expecting it to be, like, a more sinister reason, but no, no, I agree. Good I mean, him. maybe he, he might be doing something sinister in there, but he's also tired of the politics. Finally, we have Xanasu, or the sp- spider demon. He was a minor lord who once had dominion over spiders. Aww. Gee, I wonder who took that dominion. Rip. The queen of spiders Rip. was an enemy of Xanasu. And since her banishment to the abyss, she drove him off during the establishment of her realm there. He lost control of the demon web pits to her. Damn. Both later schemed to eliminate Xanasu by telling uh, Selvatarm, her grandson, that it would please his patron Eilistray, her daughter... If he defeated Xanasu and absorbed his power. Well, Xanasu was still weakened by his loss from the uh, the forces of an invasion. I'm not even going to attempt to describe what happened. It's a long story. Demon fights. Selatarm attacked and was victorious over the Demon Lord, but absorbed his chaotic evil-tainted power, tipped the balance in Selvatarm towards the side of evil. We talked about this a little bit in the Eilistray episode. Yeah. Hmm. And Eilistray's like, God damn it. The fuck, guys? <laughs> that is it for the made, like the bigger demon lords. There's obviously a lot more demon lords because there's almost one for every single layer, unless it's unoccupiable by anyone. And yeah. then it's you know like and in- almost infinite. Yeah, yeah. Um, like there's at least six hundred of these guys. So honorable mentions, real quick, include Cormanda, a demon whose lower body fused with the stone of Mount Cormanda's lava tube. <laughs> So he's half volcano okay. uh, during the events of Spell Plague. <laughs> what? Oh, yes. no. Wow. I don't oh. know whether to feel sorry for him or not. Oh, no. He gets mad when people refuse to refuse to help him or fail to help him and kills them. <laughs> but he's just fused to this volcano and can't do anything. And also Miska, the wolf spider, yeah. who you will recall as the... Uh, the Queen of Chaos's uh, yeah. general. I will mention real quick before I wrap things up because I've gone a little bit over, and also it, it this needs to end. It's fine. But um, the Queen of Chaos, I could not find a very I couldn't find a source for a description of her because, like, even though I'll like to pull back the veil a little bit, sometimes when I'm looking for sources, I go to Wiki, the wiki. Yeah, like... Right. Because it has sources. Yeah. <laughs> like... Like, I don't usually take stuff just from there. No, but it's really great to use that to as find a compilation the sources. Yes. of sources. Yeah. On the, Wikipi- on the wiki, there's a description of the Queen of Chaos. I could not find that description anywhere else, but there's a... I, I want to share it with you guys just real quick, um, just in case it's real. And I've seen lots of art that reflects this, so I'm sure I can... It's somewhere. somewhere. I just need to find it. So, again, source from the Wikipedia, or from the wiki. Thank you to whoever put this in there. And hopefully, if you're listening, you can help me find the source for where it came from. Um, so, the Queen of Chaos had an upper torso of a, copu- of a corpulent, blue-skinned humanoid female, whereas her lower body was a mass of ten mauve tentacles. Hidden in the tentacles was a razor-sharp, parrot-like beak. Uh, Ursula. The queen had l- had long drooping locks of green hair, and she wore a Sahuagin skull as a crown. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> and, what? Yeah, that, I mean that—that's the Sahuagin. What one the of the Sahu- reasons why I wanted to describe it because uh, what did the Sahuagin do to her? Uh, it has a cool-looking skull. And they're lawful, also. Yeah, she probably is not a fan of that. Yeah, um, man. But. Uh, that's that. That's what sh- I, I. I mostly wanted to share that because of the Sahuagin. Um, because we we need more excuses to say the word Sahuagin. Yes. Now that I know how to pronounce it, Sahuagin. Yeah, but that's it. Uh, that's all I got. 
That's a lot of demon lords. I mean, that's a lot of information. It is. Man, there... And there's even more. It's just, you know, we do not have an infinite amount of time. Yeah. Like there are infinite layers in the abyss. We do not have an infinite amount of time. No. Wow. Dang, I love demons. Me too. Uh, Man, I wish I could, I wish I could describe, like, (laughs) how this, how they make me feel. That sounds weird to say. It does sound weird to say. The, the, the... The vibes. The vibes are, are impeccable. Because I feel like there's, um, like the, 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 the devils kind of, I think, defied my expectations of how interested I would be yeah. in all of this. But, um, I think like the, the demons, like, I kind of knew they were going to be kind of batshit crazy and weird. Yeah. Like it's like, you know, they're, they're, you know, head honcho is a guy with two baboon heads that have different personalities and fight with each other. Like, yeah, fuck off, you know? There's just something so crazy about all of their designs and, like, the principles behind it Mm. that, like, I knew going into it I was going to love it, and I do. Yeah, it is very good. I I love... (sighs) Just how crazy everything is. Yes, exactly. Chaotic. Yeah, and how chaotic everything is. (laughs) Like, it, you know, it, it feels like... It feels like they got the... The vibe. Yeah, and, and it feels like they also got the most... I'm not going to say, like, the most creative, but I feel like they had a certain type of people designing these. Yes, yes. If that makes sense. Like, not to make that whole, like, oh, my God, were they on drugs when they made this kid's show? But, like, I don't know. Maybe somebody could have imbibed something before designing some of these things. Just saying. Maybe. It's either that or, you know, they just have very, very creative minds. Like Very creative. <laughs> maybe a little sick. Maybe a little twisted minds. Yeah. Anyway. It happens. That's how demons make me feel. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening to this part three of demons. demons. Next up, we go into neutral evil. Ooh. Are, you mean we're not going to do 666 episodes on demons? You know, it would work, but no. <laughs> but no. For the joke. Uh, don't forget to follow us on all of our various social media platforms that we have mentioned in our ad break and before. Yes, of course. <laughs> tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your family. Tell, tell your, your coworkers, friend's family. Tell your family's friends. You know, just tell everybody. Spread the word. It would be really great and help us out a lot. We would really appreciate it. Uh, if you have anything you'd like to suggest as a topic for us to cover... Which again, I will not be covering topics for some time uh, that are be that are suggested, but Luan and Travis will. Yes, maybe. Uh, feel free to email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. Well, I think with all that, it's time for us to end, and we'll catch you next week here on Dungeonpedia. So, is Neutral Evil going to take four episodes? I hope not. Will it have a flesh zone? Every I hope so. Every episode needs a flesh zone from now on. <laughs>